you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And on today's show, we've got more sound bites from spring football. This time, though, instead of Eli Drinkwitz, well, maybe we'll get to a little of Eli at the end of the show, time permitting. But we want to hear from two of the best Missouri offensive players today, and that's Connor Basilak and Tyler Beatty. But before we get there, in case you missed it, Missouri now set to take on the LSU Tigers on March 6th, that's Saturday, at 2 p.m. And by the way, just as far as scheduling goes, well, Senior Day, those ceremonies scheduled to happen after the basketball game, not before. So if you're the type of person who wants to get in early for the Senior Day ceremonies, well, don't worry about it because it's happening after the basketball game. But there will be something happening before the game, and that's an open practice, an open football practice will be happening at 1030 AM certainly get all the info you need there at mutigers.com but another open practice at 10:30 the following Saturday on the 13th as well and then the black and gold game scheduled for Saturday the 20th with the time to be determined you know Missouri could technically be in an NCAA tournament game that day so apparently Mizzou just wants to not put that spring game start in in stone just yet that makes a lot of sense But speaking of something that makes a lot of sense, especially from Missouri's perspective, well, and also the league office's perspective, is the fact that Missouri got to play LSU, an actual good opponent, an opponent that, quite honestly, regardless if Missouri wins that basketball game or not, has a much better chance of helping, or at least not hurting, their net rating, their top 25 ranking, of course, nearly as much as a game against Vanderbilt or Texas A&M would. Those are both teams that are 100-plus ranked teams, so even just playing those teams can hurt your strength of schedule, your net rating, all that good stuff. And well, frankly, with Missouri not exactly playing its best basketball of the season, honestly, the league office did Missouri a huge favor here by scheduling LSU. And from the SEC's perspective, from the league office's perspective, why wouldn't you try to help Missouri as much as you can? And not just Missouri, of course. There's nothing specifically about Missouri that the SEC is going to want to help. Just any team that is not on the bubble. Missouri's not on the bubble, but by golly, if we lose a couple more games, especially to a Texas A&M or a Vanderbilt, well, then they'd be on the cusp, wouldn't they, at the very least. And if you're at the league office, well, what the heck? Give them the better opponent. Also, more eyeballs for that game, too. It's just a better game, quite honestly. So, hey, Greg Sankey, everybody down in Atlanta at the SEC offices, thank you very much. I mean that quite genuinely. I'm really glad we don't have to play Vanderbilt or A&M. And when it comes to football recruiting, apparently Eli Drinkwitz is the kingpin of Columbia and Jefferson City, at least when it comes to territories, because, well, here's something I was unaware of. I knew that Missouri under Eli was taking a more geographical 
recruiting approach, sort of going back to more of the Gary Pinkle model of assigning different assistant coaches to specific areas of the country for recruiting. Well, I also didn't totally realize that Missouri itself is being broken down into specific areas for assistant coaches to focus on. Frankly, whether they have a lot of SEC caliber players on the regular basis or not, it seems like there's just a concerted effort once again by Eli to establish Mizzou as the college in Missouri for basically all high schoolers. And part of that approach, well, it's interesting. Obviously, all the assistants have their area of the state that they're focusing on. Well, Eli's is Columbia and Jefferson City. Now, first of all, maybe you would just think, this would be my assumption, hey, maybe let's lighten the travel load on the coach a little bit. That makes a lot of sense, right? But if the plan is to establish Missouri as the place to go as a high school kid in this state, well, obviously St. Louis is a place that Eli's focused on and everybody realizes that Missouri, quite honestly, to put it in the most simple terms I can, it needs to be just seen as the cool place to go. And that hasn't always been necessarily the case. Well, it certainly seems like the tide is turning there. And that can even be more the case for some kids in Columbia and Jefferson City in that era, in that area, I should say. Because, quite honestly, and I can understand this completely, even though I was a guy from this area who grew up a diehard Mizzou fan and ended up going to Missouri, I can certainly see why lots of people, for their own personal reasons and just any growth reasons, would want to get out of the area that they've lived in the first 18 years of their lives, quite possibly, and go to a different state, go to a different area, and truly have a different college experience being away from your parents that is that is an appealing thing to a lot of kids and I get that so that's something that you're fighting with when there is the there's certainly more than occasionally guys who are capable of playing at Missouri at Rockbridge and Hickman Jeff City Helias you know there's plenty of guys on the current team like Martez Manuel for instance who went to Rockbridge there's guys like Hale Hinchkiz who went to Alabama. Now he's playing in the NFL. So there are plenty of guys in this mid-Missouri area who are worth hanging on to. So I just think it's interesting that Eli seems to be focusing his own personal time in this area. Considering all the good things that have been happening in this program since Drinkwitz took over, well, I'm willing to bet that he's pretty successful at this venture. And speaking of betting, well, it's time to talk about betonline.ag because while Mizzou is not playing basketball this Saturday, unfortunately, there's still plenty to bet on, including SEC tournament futures. Heck, you can bet on the NCAA tournament champion right now. It's all there at betonline.ag. And not just college basketball, of course. The NBA is happening. And by the way, the futures market, well, you can always bet on the NFL, the Major League Baseball, even when it's not happening. That's the incredible thing about this modern world, am I right? But here's what's even more incredible. We've got a a fabulous offer for you. When you buy in for the first time, your initial deposit at betonline.ag, we'll use that promo code LOCKEDON. That's one word, LOCKEDON, for a 50% 
welcome bonus on top of whatever you deposit. So again, that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Friday on the Locked On Today podcast, is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And I got to tell you, here's my really quick take on that situation. If it comes down between Pete Carroll and anybody in that organization or Russell Wilson, you do what you can to keep Russell Wilson. He's that great at quarterback and great quarterbacks are that hard to find. But you know what? We're hoping Connor Bazelak will be a great quarterback someday. And I'd say he was a rather good quarterback, especially as a redshirt freshman with very little, very, very little experience under his belt. I think for the most part, it was all good with Connor. But of course, there was plenty to improve on as well. We're talking about, you know, context here. And especially considering that Connor didn't have any spring practice last year. Unfortunately, he was in the trainer's room for the most part while everybody else was practicing or he was lifting weights or something like that. Well, now he gets to actually practice. And not only that, he was the backup to Sean Robinson in the preseason last year. It was wildly, widely, I should say, expected that Sean was going to be the starter. So Connor was asked in a press meeting this past week if there's a different feeling in the locker room out on the practice field knowing that he's the the actual guy at quarterback this year yeah I think so for sure I think it's just a sense of respect because um they they know that I can perform and uh they know that I can that I can produce so I think if if you look at guys who are younger or just coming in I think they they really look up to guys who have produced, and um, I know I know myself. I've I've focused a lot the past four weeks of just uh, trying to be a great great leader, great vocal leader, and um, even leading through my actions. And when it comes to the things that Connor can improve in his game, well, in his self assessment, he was pretty honest about the whole thing. Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing that I want to work on is. Uh, my deep ball accuracy and just we've got to be better at on our uh, vertical passing game, throwing the ball down the field. So I think the spring is a great time to, to practice that, uh, kind of get the timing with the receivers down um, on deep balls. And later, Connor was asked about the Music City Bowl being canceled. And, well, I was definitely of the opinion that a Missouri team, very short on bodies and basically – running on fumes at that point in the season. I was certainly not upset when that game was canceled, but I was happy to hear Connor say this. Yeah, I think if you ask anybody, they were upset and upset that we couldn't go. I mean, if any competitor is going to say um, that they were upset, everybody wants to compete and to have an opportunity um, against, I, I think they were 16 or something, 16th ranked team in the country to have an opportunity to do that uh, in a bowl game uh, to play in an NFL stadium. It was a great opportunity for us, but um, some circumstances weren't in our hands and just had to move, move forward. 
Well, again, like Connor said, as a competitor, I, I'm glad he has that mentality. I really am. But as a fan, I'm still kind of happy that game didn't happen. I hate to say it. And finally, Connor was asked about how he felt when he heard that Kiki Chisholm, the Missouri wide receiver, was going to come back for another season. I, I was I was hyped up. I mean, he's he's a great player, great receiver. He's a big target, but um, other than that, I think he's he's great for this locker room, great for this team. Um, he's a great guy. He's a great leader, and he works he works his butt off. So um, he's just great to to have on this team, and I'm excited for another year with him. So Connor is excited and hyped. Couldn't you hear the wild enthusiasm in his voice? I don't know about you. I think I can picture the Terminator as I like to call Connor sometimes, I can picture him staring deeply into Kiki Chisholm's eyes after Missouri wins the SEC East next year and saying, now I understand why you cry. But seriously, Connor, you keep being yourself, buddy. It's that steely, calm demeanor that, frankly, I really like about you as a player. So by all means, don't change whatsoever. But, hey, after the break, we're going to hear from a guy with, frankly, a a totally different personality than Connor Basilak, and that's Missouri running back Tyler Beatty. So let's hear from Tyler right after these quick messages. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your pods. And when Missouri running back Tyler Beatty had his turn at the virtual Zoom lectern, This previous week, well, a lot of the focus was on Larry Roundtree and how it felt different to not have Larry around and did Tyler feel like he could be the lead back and all that good stuff. But you know what? Dave Matter had a little bit different question for Tyler, and I thought it was a pretty good question. And so I'll leave that in here. I usually cut out the guy's questions just for brevity's sake. But you know what? Tyler is pretty... Pretty brief himself in a lot of his remarks. Not in a curt way by any stretch of the imagination, but I didn't feel the need to cut these down. And plus, even more importantly, you get a taste of Tyler Beatty's wonderful laugh in this bite. So let's hear what Dave and Tyler's interaction was like here. Tyler, if you're going to fill Larry's shoes, who's going to fill Tyler's shoes? Who's that? <laughs> who's that other guy that can be a kind of a sidekick then? Can't say you know, we got we got a lot of people in the uh, in the running back room that can contribute a lot uh, to this team, uh, and I have faith in all of them. So I mean, we're gonna see, uh, we're definitely gonna see first game. So, so Tyler definitely avoiding hurting any of his teammates' feelings there potentially by not naming anyone specific. But you know what, Gabe DeArmond, being the steely veteran that he is, was not satisfied fully with this answer, so he had to follow up. And here's what Gabe said. All right, since you've been doing interviews long enough to not single a guy out, I'm going to single one out for you. <laughs> what, what have you seen out of Elijah, and how much better is he than, than maybe when he hit campus last summer? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Elijah always been just a tough guy, you know, uh, just trying to find a way to get him the ball. Uh, it's kind of hard, you know, when we have 
three great running backs, you know. Uh, so now, since it's just uh, me, um, I feel like it's it's a good chance for him to get in, you know, uh, showcase what he can do. I mean, everyone saw a glimpse of what he can do, but now it's time for him to step up more and just be a guy, you know, uh, on and off the field, you know. You just know that he's a role model and um, knowing that people are watching him and watching what he's doing, so take it seriously. By the way, in case it's not clear, I should have mentioned up top, Tyler there talking about Elijah Young, who was a freshman running back. Got a few touches last year, but definitely expect him to see some more action this fall, For no doubt about it. Mostly, I just had fun getting a little glimpse of Tyler Beatty's personality there. You can tell he's a really fun guy just from that those, those little moments there. You can tell he's got a good rapport with, with Gabe DeArmond and Dave Matter. And uh, as a guy who's been accused of having a somewhat goofy laugh at times, well, I can appreciate a loud, boisterous, and jovial laugher. That's for darn sure. So already like Tyler Beatty as a player. I'm starting to like him more as a guy after those moments. And finally, I do have one more soundbite to play with you from Eli Drinkwitz. In fact, from just a couple days ago, I held this one over just for time purposes, but this one's well worth sharing with all of you because Eli was asked about, well, basically the coaching structure with new defensive backs coach Aaron Fletcher, who spent the last six years at Tulsa, with him being added to the staff, well, Steve Wilkes is kind of a the new defensive coordinator, is kind of a cornerbacks expert himself. How's all this going to shake out is basically the question, and here's what Eli had to say. Yeah, you know, I, I think we have a pretty good sense of how that'll play out, but I want to get Aaron here first. And and obviously Coach Wilkes uh, has spent a long time coaching corners, and I know that he is uh, anxious to get his hands uh, on the corners and make sure he establishes his uh, DNA and fingerprints on that position. I know Coach Harbison has got extensive time uh, in the safety position, and we'll figure out whether or not Coach Flint Fletcher's coaching the nickels or if he takes time with the corners or safeties or how that works. But uh, we've got some position flexibility there with, with our coaching staff. Um, obviously, Coach Smith will be with the linebackers. And Coach Franklin will be with the D-line and, and uh, so on and so forth. But we'll, we'll see where that all ends up playing out. I, just, I do know for sure that Coach Wilkes is going to be the corners coach. So there you have it. And certainly, Steve Wilkes does have a great reputation as a basically a specialist with corners, but obviously he's been a head coach, a defensive coordinator, the whole deal. But, you know, he's coached Josh Norman in Carolina, for instance, an excellent cornerback. So the fact that he's focusing there should be no surprise whatsoever, and the rest of it is to be determined. And speaking of to be determined, well, my next show also to be determined who the heck knows what we'll talk about. I know you're supposed to tease stuff in this business, but I'm just going to be honest. I like to, especially when I'm not going to do a show until Monday, probably, I like to leave my options open. A lot can happen in 48 hours, you know? So with all that being said, until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Mizzou.